You are listening to listener-supported Elisha Space Podcast. Often, when speaking with clients at my private practice, we discuss the importance of establishing boundaries, particularly for those who are healing from depression, anxiety, and trauma. Today, we will be speaking with Rochelle Renee Hammer, a licensed clinical professional counselor, board-certified clinical supervisor, certified pastoral counselor, breakthrough coach, author, and motivational speaker. She is an Amazon International number one best-selling author of the book Boundaries for Breakthrough. Join us as we discuss the importance of establishing boundaries and the power of the word no. Hello, this is Elisha with Elisha Space. And audience, I thank you for joining us for another week. It truly is a pleasure and an honor that you take time out of your week to listen to tidbits, encouragement, hope. And my hope for you is that this helps to, even if it's just a small nugget, that it helps to bring you greater peace and enjoyment in your life. So today I have with me Michelle um, Renee Hammer, and she is a licensed counselor and um, also a pastoral counselor. So she and I are kind of similar in those things. And today she wrote this book about um, boundaries and quite often in my practice, when I sit and I, when I speak with individuals, especially in the area of, uh, well, really any area it, this flows into, but since my specialties are uh, depression, anxiety, and trauma, it's always about boundaries. So I thought, saw her book and it's a great, it, I saw her book and I thought it would be great to have her on the show so that she can discuss this topic with you. And our hope is that it helps bring you greater healing. So Michelle, I thank you for um, honoring us by being a part of the show. Thank you so much for having me here. I really appreciate being here and it is quite a privilege and an honor to share anywhere, anytime about such a big deal topic, right? Boundaries literally are what saved my life. And mm -hmm. um, I didn't even know what they were or what they looked like or how to set them or how to keep them. And so um, they really did save my life. So to be able to, to write about that and talk about that is such a gift. Thank you for having me. Thank you. And so could you tell us how you got to that place of writing the book? Sure. So um, I never, um, ever dreamed of writing a book. It's not like it was always on my heart. I mean, I always wrote well in school and got good grades in, in English and spelling and anything with writing. Um, and I liked to write because I thought it was so much easier than memorizing things. And so I always loved to write. And then about six years ago, God laid it on my heart. I was at a conference, a Christian conference, and I heard audibly in my head, the title of the book. And then I went out and told my daughter and just started jotting down everything that was coming to me. And it sort of was like my life was always about um, this struggle with boundaries. But once it all came together, then God was saying, okay, now tell other people about this. 
because for me being emotionally unwell and coming from an alcoholic family background, um, boundaries were never normal. <laughs> I shouldn't say never. Most of the right. time, not normal. I, mean, I don't even like the word normal, not healthy. And they were con- confusing and they were blurry and they were always changing. Right. And so I didn't even know what to do or that they were missing. I just knew something was wrong and I was unable to protect myself oftentimes. I didn't have the mm-hmm. skill set to do that or to keep myself well. I totally, totally get that. And and like I was saying, it's it's all tied to it. Because anytime, and, and boundaries affects you everywhere. Like it can be with your, I don't know, it can be with your, um, with your job. It can be with your, of course, your family relationships, your personal romance, romantic relationships. I mean, it, it affects so many things. Um, and I totally get it because uh, uh, quite often, this is like a main theme of what I discuss with people when it comes to that topic of, of boundaries, you know? Yeah. And for me, my book is on emotional, emotional health. And it's about boundaries for emotional well-being. Right. Um, and a lot of boundaries books, there's some famous ones too, you know, are about yeah. um, the, the actual act of setting boundaries or, or they're like, Boundaries in dating, boundaries in marriage, boundaries mm-hmm. at the workplace, mm-hmm. you know, physical boundaries. I don't see a lot out there about emotional boundaries, which just blows my mind because everyone at some point in their life is struggling in some form of relationship, whether it's at work or with your family or with your partner, your kids, your friends, whoever, and not knowing how to share their truth or to say no and set limits. There's all this um, confusion often around what other people need and what you know you need and how you do both, right? As a Christian, how do you love someone else like Christ loved you, but you still have to love yourself? And so I do see that a lot of times too, Elisha, that I see um, men and women struggling with boundary setting and not even knowing how to put a term to it. They just know that things aren't okay and they're not sure how to make it okay. Right. And I'll tell you too, because... um... A lot of times in in my practice, I I um, work with on both sides um, when it comes to um, domestic violence, and whether it is the person who would be categorized to be the batterer or the person who is receiving the abuse, um, the survivor. I I like to call them survivors. Um, Love it. Yeah. It's all about boundaries, really. Totally. It truly is. It's all really. about boundaries. And so I, I totally agree with you when it comes to that and the emotional boundaries, it, it just spills into other areas. And it really is, it, to me, it has to do with like uh, cluttering in your soul. Once you yes. start establishing your boundaries, it starts putting things in its proper place. So true. And that order is so important. And just to, the, to, to piggyback what you're saying about domestic violence, um, a lot of times women have had innumerable conversations with their partner, but they're not backed by action. And right. so it's sort of it's sort of like their partner's trained to just ride out the, the, the conversation. Or at some point, women, even or men, if they're the ones being victimized, 
um, or as you say, the survivor, I love that, uh, they end up not even feeling like they have a voice, you know, right. because when they share, worse things happen or when they share, they're not heard. And what I talk about in the book and in, with clients, like I'm sure you do, is you don't only have to figure out what your boundary is, where you're feeling unwell or unsafe or not sure. You mm-hmm. also have to make another person, whoever that is, aware of it and then enforce it. So I can't just tell my husband, you know, that I don't want him coming home late every night, but then he comes home and we argue about it. And the next day it happens again. And we just keep staying stuck in this spiral. I have to tell him, I don't want you coming home late every night. And if you do, this is the choice that I'll make. And then when he does it again, I have to make the choice. Right. And it's just so frustrating because I see so many people trying to figure out limits and boundaries, but then they never seem to take the next step most of the time in setting the limits and sticking to what they say, right? You can see mom saying, the next time you touch that, Johnny, you're going to get a timeout. And then Johnny touches it five more times because he knows he's not getting a timeout to like the 10th time. That's what he's learned. So we have to set it and then we have to enforce it, right? Right. How did you do that coming from out of your own situation where it was you setting up that boundary from you growing up in an environment where you didn't necessarily have that as a model? It was so difficult. I was totally codependent. If anybody's familiar with that term, I had learned to just be what was expected to, to, you know, avoid the crossfire. And I really lost myself in the process and ended up, you know, in a hospital with psychotic depression Um, And along the way had been abused in different ways. And so um, when I was really at my worst and I feel that God swept in, um, Mm -hmm. what I started doing was getting the right help, right? I wasn't asking the right questions because I didn't know what to ask. I wasn't um, taking the necessary steps because I had no idea what was wrong. And then in in the consequences from you know, my unraveling from just not knowing how to set limits and just allowing really other people to overstep my own needs, I ended up getting appropriate help, which was professional help. I needed professional help because my depression was so severe. And then I got the um, counseling in place. And then I started learning um, about adult children of alcoholics. And I started you know, I went to Al-Anon for a while. I don't anymore. And I started just learning about boundaries and then figuring out who am I basically, because I was not sure of that from trying to be everything for everybody else. I lost myself in the process. So what I started doing- That's what happens was, when you lose yeah, the boundaries. Yeah, the people that are safe, the safest, right? The people that right. were safest, I would start practicing limits with. And then as that- was respected. I grew, I grew in strength. And as I grew in strength, I started taking on harder relationships, which obviously are like my nuclear family and my romantic relationship at the time. And I mean, some of those relationships came to an end for a while because people didn't want to be well. They didn't want me to change. They wanted me me to be yes girl. They wanted me to do what they wanted. They didn't want to respect that I was growing and they were mad at me for it and hurt by it and confused. But I also couldn't stay in an unhealthy place anymore once I realized how unhealthy it was. And And I tell you, once you start getting to a healthy place, and things start going in its proper place for you, you don't want to go back to what you were dealing with. No, it's awful. 
it's like, you know, it's kind of like, I'm sorry you're dealing with what you're dealing with. That's something for you to process, but I'm going to stay happy. Exactly. <laughs> I'm going to keep my joy, you know, yeah. and, 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 you know, family members who were still using or were still chaotic or were still wanting me to kind of, kind of come and rescue them per se. And I couldn't do that any longer. And in the way that I used to, it was so unhealthy. They were, um, you know, sort of aggressive with me. And some of them were saying like, just stay out of my life if you're not going to be like you used to be. And, and so, you know, loss does come with, with healing, but it's temporary, you know, when they find their own way, those relationships sort themselves out. And, and that was painful, but I realized that in these losses, what am I losing right now? If the relationships are unhealthy or abusive to me. I'm really, I'm losing a person that I care about, but the relationship itself is a gain to not have because it's hurting me. Mm -hmm. And I think that oftentimes in domestic violence situations or addiction situations or just situations that are really hard, people are afraid to lose relationships that they really don't necessarily need to be that involved in right now because they're so dangerous and unhealthy for them. So true. So true. I, I kind of look at it as, you know, if you're going on a diet, you may have to temporarily choose to eat less bread. Amen. Right? So true. And then once you get to where you're at a healthier place, you can have that bread, but within moderation. Totally. You know, that was the exact word I was thinking. So that's kind of like how I kind of view it. Sometimes you just have to, and it's not an unloving thing you're doing. You're actually no. showing love and care for that person because you're letting them know when maybe they didn't even realize it, that their behavior is unacceptable. Exactly. And how do they know that if there's never any um, outcomes or actions or things occurring that would demonstrate that? So yeah, I learned in my own recovery that I was enabling, you know, I was enabling people to um, take advantage of me. I was enabling people to stay stuck in their addiction or their um, struggles because when they didn't feel okay, I would help them feel better by giving them comfort or support or whatever they needed. Um, And that was not the right thing to do for them, the healthy thing to do for them because they needed to struggle, right? They needed to to realize that they were struggling because they, they, they needed some changes. And so by my getting well, I noticed relationships around me um, started to shift and change and other people seemed motivated to get well too. So not everybody was sort of like, don't, don't change. You know, there was plenty of people that were inspired by that and thought, wow, she can start setting boundaries and she's like too nice. And I don't know how she's doing that. She seems stronger than maybe I can. And I, and I thought that was very empowering. What I often tell people is, is as you go through your healing journey, and I, and I know you probably tell them too, either you're going to attract those people that are meant to be in your life will be drawn to you because they'll see 
the evolution and the change. And that'll be a draw for them and maybe an encouragement for them. And then those who are not meant to be in your life, they tend to kind of fall away. Yes. So true. And then there's an evolution, right, Leisha? Right. There's an evolution that happens where as your boundaries are um, becoming stronger, you'll realize where they still need work. So in other words, when I started realizing what boundaries were and how to set them and then how to, you know, enforce them, I guess. So if, if some, if I set a boundary, let's say, for example, I don't want my husband raising his voice at me, picking on my husband today. I don't want to talk to you with a raised voice, but then he's raising his voice and I'm talking to him anyway. You know what I mean? It's sort of like, do you, or do you not care if I raise my voice? So I learned that, okay, duh, I'll say, I don't want to talk to you when your voice is raised and things are heated let's talk about this later. And then if he continues right. to talk, I'll just say, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, take a space for now and leave the room for a few minutes. That is, sounds so simple, but these are things that I just did not do. It's sort of like, I just felt if something was talked about, there was an understanding and then the other person would just respect that. But oftentimes people have their own struggles going on. So they're either unable or unwilling to respect that. So if you really feel strongly about something, the only person that can you can that can make that happen the only person that can protect you is yourself and i didn't learn those skills as a child because my parents didn't model a respectful or protective or safe environment and so to me not being respected or safe was normal it was my normal but it's not healthy mm -hmm. and the older i got the more uncomfortable it got and so that was i think that was god's redemption in my life um and i really believe that i went through a lot of the things i did so i can help other people um, realize that they can have things be different too, that they can be healthy and that they can set stronger boundaries. But as I was doing that in my relationships, I still struggled at work. And there was a whole nother layer. You brought up work right. earlier. I still struggled in my employer, my employment at the time in a social work environment. They were putting so much on us all the time. And I knew it was too much for me. And I was struggling to not take it all on Again, be the yes girl, overwork, overcommit myself, overdo. I was struggling to set limits because it was a person in a position of authority. So then I had a whole nother layer of boundary work to do about how do you set boundaries respectfully with people in positions of authority and it not be so scary. Mm -hmm. But you, uh, that also was tied to foundationally, if there's alcoholism in the family, it's usually an adult and you're right, a child. Exactly. And yeah. so that kind of feeds into that, you know, trans yeah, transfers exactly. over. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I've seen, I know you have too, a lot of different types of boundary struggles. You know, mine, I just happen to come from alcoholic or addictive background, but I've seen people struggle with boundaries because they came from, you know, permissive families or they came from right. you know, families that have an absent father. And so the mom wasn't really that, um, much of a disciplinarian. She was a nurturer. You know, there's, they can just feel that, okay, I can break the rules. These aren't, these rules are bendable. There's just all kinds of dynamics. But like you said, at some point in counseling, when you talk to your, your clients, they need boundary help mm -hmm. in some way. It sort of permeates everyone's life, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And I think too, even with the, um, like social media, um, with the easy access 
that people have through our communications, even with our cell phones, we have to be more intentional about setting boundaries. Yeah, that's a good point. Such a good point. Even with our own selves, right? Like how much time we get distracted by things. Yes. um, To have limits with ourselves on like social media. And also, you know, some people who are struggling with um, like, I guess maybe an example would be, you know, sexual addiction, right? right. It's hard for them because there's so much at their fingertips. They mm-hmm. oftentimes have to put boundaries in place to assist them and not stumbling again when they're genuinely wanting to do better. And so, yeah, I think boundaries is definitely a key topic that comes up. Um, and when people start realizing how much power they have over their own lives, right. maybe not over what they've experienced, but what they're doing now. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a big relief to realize that I don't have to stay stuck in all these situations. I have a choice and I can, I can impact my world just by my choices, not what anybody else is doing, but by what I do. And oftentimes we are so focused on what other people are doing. <laughs> right. And I know a lot of my clients are too. And I sort of have to say, okay, you know, that's what's in your control. You know, control is an illusion. You know, what, what can, what can you do? Like, I know they're upset about this or that other thing, but I keep bringing it back to what can you do and, and what, what maybe is missing that you could still do. So they just feel more empowered. And that super helped me when I was sort, sort of trying to figure out what can I do mm-hmm. in this mess I'm in. And um, boundaries was a key thing that I could do is just start sharing my truth and how far I'm willing to go and no more. And you know what? You even find that in nature too. It's so true. I mean, thank goodness we have land and then we have water. Can you imagine if we, we wouldn't survive if we were all land or all water, but yet there are natural boundaries to protect us from the ocean and the atmosphere. Yeah. Amen. That's really a spiritual conversation too, which I don't think we should touch on this time. But even in the atmosphere, there's boundaries as you move up in, uh, like if you're climbing a mountain and the air yes. becomes more thinner, oh, there's yeah. boundaries there's, involved in that. Yeah. yeah. The different elevations, right? Yes. yes. Yeah. And, and God, and God's word, you know, going to the deepest core as Christians, there's boundaries all throughout God's word. Oh, I yeah. mean, all throughout from the beginning, right? He starts out by setting boundaries, right? Like you're talking about mm-hmm. between the water and the land and, you know, the night well, and the day. The commandments, those are boundaries. Exactly. Yeah. And people don't look at it that way, but it's so true. And then he, he keeps resetting boundaries all throughout his word in the Old and New Testament. And then he, he enforces them. He gives consequences, yes. right? Serious consequences. He doesn't just set them. He, he does something <laughs> about it. We got to do something about them, right? And yeah. other people's boundaries. Um, I was, you know, I was also you know, confronted with that in, in my own, um, struggle, you know, to set boundaries is respecting other people's boundaries. Right. Right. And, um, and demonstrating that to them. Mm -hmm. It's a powerful thing because I think when we do that, they feel valued. Yes. They feel heard. Yeah. Yeah. And they feel important and they know that someone cares and is accepting them for who they are and not trying to uh, either manipulate or dictate or pressure them to be somebody that they're not. They just have freedom to just be themselves. And I love that about counseling. All counselors, that's a gift they give to their clients is a safe space to just be yourself. 
where there's no judgment, but we really are going to put our heads together and, and figure out what's going on and where you can make change to feel, to feel well. And like you do depression and anxiety and trauma, you know, that there's a lot of boundaries that need to go on there. You know, depressed people oftentimes don't feel like moving around, but we mm-hmm. need to commit to doing something right. And, right. and, and anxiety, when we have anxiety. There's a lot of stuff going on that we kind of need to dial back and give ourselves a space of peace too. Right. So you're doing yeah. it all the time in that and trauma. That's a whole big one. You know, it's trauma is really difficult to overcome and, and, and it takes a lot of understanding of why we are feeling the way we are now and how that's wrapped up into things that happened before. Um, and so there's boundaries there too. I just realized that we never talked about the title of your book. <laughs> oh, oh crap. I never even thought about it. Um, well, my book is called boundaries for breakthrough um, and it's eight essential keys for emotional well-being. But I, t- I talk in the title, it's boundaries for breakthrough, live as God designed. And because this book combines um, like clinical uh, knowledge with biblical knowledge and then personal sharing of myself and other people's stories, even from the Bible. There's so much richness, richness there uh, that we wouldn't even realize, I think, sometimes until we're digging in about how, you know, each of these persons we read about obviously were human, but they had similar struggles to us, sort of like you've brought up about depression and anxiety and trauma. Well, that's all through the Bible. Mm -hmm. You know, those stories are fascinating, but there's Bible characters who struggle with depression and anxiety and trauma. Uh, And and so, yeah, the book talks about all that stuff with some questions at the end of each chapter, just for self-reflection. It's not a Bible study, but it is sort of like, a self-help book. <laughs> and and audience, I highly recommend the book because it, it's really, it, it really breaks things down. I mean, it, it really breaks things down in a very um, simple way, maybe. Kind of, or, yeah, and a kind of yeah. easy to kind of pick it up read. and read. And if you need to like, you know, because sometimes we hurt so much, we can only take pieces of it. So if you need to just do it in pieces, whatever that might look like for you, that's really okay. But it's a really, really uh, good book. And the discussion questions are very applicable. And it doesn't really matter. Like we're talking, um, we're talking a lot about um, the Christian faith. But even if you're, if you're not someone that, you know, identifies as being part of the Christian faith, it's okay. Cause there's so many pieces in it where it's just really, really good. And you can really just kind of gather that information too. So it's really a book for everybody. Yeah, exactly. Yes. It's a book for everybody. So I highly recommend reading it. Um, there are other boundary books out there, and I don't want to say they're not good because they are, but this is something that just came out. It's it's a newer book, and it really touches on some things that we're dealing with in our time, you know, in 2020, 2021, yes. 2022, Amen. you know, and we Most are in a different world now, you know. Oh, yeah, mental health and emotional health and all that stuff is so so under attack, so much. We've just dealt with so much, especially since COVID and all the political and 
you know, um, social and uh, cultural and even like racial struggles that are going on. It's people are bombarded in every area. It's like, where do you get a break, you know? Right. Um, and, and how do you deal with all that? And how do you set boundaries with all those different things? And it's so important. It's, it's, it's for me, setting boundaries is, is, is like you mentioned earlier in our podcast, it's life or death. Yeah. It saved my you life have, for real. Right now it, it has to be, you have to set boundaries. Because mm-hmm. if you don't, it because we have so much information coming at us, yes, we can only contain so much. Exactly, so you know? true. You know, so it, true. it can be overwhelming for us. Yes, so. and you make a good point too about the book being for everybody because there are um, stories that are easy to read, and then there's references to different Bible characters, but they're stories, you know. And then if people aren't wanting to um, explore that piece of it, they can always skip that part. Um, in the book, they're written <laughs> right. in italics, so they'll know when they're coming, you know? <laughs> right. And it's not, and I'll also mention, it's not preachy, you know? No, I don't want to do that. It's very mm. conversational. It's almost Thank as you. if someone is just sitting down and having a real conversation with you. Right. So, an authentic one, you know? Yeah. It's an authentic con- conversation. Yeah. So I highly recommend the book. Um, Michelle, I want to thank you for taking time out to be with us today. Um, she will be coming back um, <laughs> <laughs> for other topics and things we'll touch on. Um, and I truly hope, audience, that you got something, whatever it is, even if it's a small piece. We hope you got something to assist you and support you and your healing journey. And so I say to you, as we close out for today, be well. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Thank you for taking time out of your day to listen to Elisha's Space, where we discuss issues of mental health and faith. Like our shows? Subscribe so you can be in the know of upcoming episodes. Now go move forward in your healing journey.